Some people claim that the atrocities we commit in our fiction are those inner desires which we cannot commit in our controlled civilization. So they are expressed instead through our art. I don't agree. I believe heaven and hell are one and the same. The soul belongs to heaven and the body to hell. To a special episode of Pivotal Film. Oh, it's special. Um, me and Mario, it's we're recording this on November twenty eighth. It is almost November 29th now. Thirty five at night. Yeah, we went to see Lars von Trier's new movie, The House at Jack Built. Why didn't we see this tomorrow or Friday? Because it's only because a single night release. It's it's releasing One on showing. the fourteenth, I believe. Yeah, the fourteenth. Yeah, as demand. its R rated version. Um, but the only night you can see the director's cut at this time is was tonight. And so we, me and Tom and our friend JP, shout out to JP, shout out to JP, um, decided to make the sojourn one mile to the south to our Criterion Cinema. Mm-hmm. Pay a couple extra dollars for a ticket, three dollars and fifty cents extra. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. special this was. It was special. I'm used to paying the special prices. And I've seen some special in a things. very packed house. It was almost uh, full. Almost full. Very bizarre showing. Very enthusiastic. Want to maybe start or finish with that? Maybe we'll finish with that conversation. I think the the audience itself. We should finish with it. Yeah. Um, we saw this 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 feature. This very controversial, divisive feature. Yeah, it, let's um let's let's you know briefly briefly talk about what it's about. It stars Leave my notes, Mario. William Defoe, Charlotte Gainsbourg, oh, Emily Emily uh not Watson. Emily Watson. Emily Emily Watson. I kept thinking Emma Watson. Doesn't star uh, any of those people. Bjork, I believe, is, is maybe shown for a second in you there. Know what, I didn't see I, the I, Bjork. I didn't see her, yeah. I saw the other I saw, well, the, I saw, other all, I saw the all the other ones are definitely in there. They are they are featured in this movie. So this movie um, tells the story of Jack, played by Matt Dillon. Pretty good Matt Dillon performance. Yeah. I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be great. I it started it out great, great, and it just kept going. Um, the as, first the first two incidences, he's incredibly solved, and then he just kind of yeah, he kind of, in it. Yeah. And by that fourth incident, I'm like, oh, okay. And then by the fifth incident, I'm like, oh Jesus. <laughs> um, he's a serial killer. Um, what Mario's referring to is that the movie is told um, with Jack narrating with um, Bruno Ganz playing Verge as kind of like a, a guide that at the beginning of the movie you don't really 100% understand what he's guiding him to but they're having conversation and Jack is telling Verge about his life um, he says he's going to um, describe his life in five randomly selected incidents um, that kind of encompass you know what he's about and what he's been through and um, what he's about and what he's been through is killing people um, a lot of people gruesomely for about 12 years and the movie opens with um the killing of Uma Thurman, 
who he didn't mean to kill. They su- suggested that it's his first. Yeah, it's, supposed his, to, it's his first murder. The feeling his his freezer that he operates that he owns. Why is he? Did we ever really find out why he has that freezer? No, he just is independently wealthy and owns this freezer. Um, it's full of pizza and a door that leads to metaphors, which he doesn't open until the end of the movie. He cannot open it. Um, as the movie progresses and the incidents pile up, the bodies stack up in the freezer. Um, eventually, he is led to hell by Verge, who we find out is uh, Virgil. Um, from Author of my joint, the Aeneid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a complicated movie, I think. Pretty complicated. I don't know if it always works, but we're going to talk about that. I think it. I think it almost throughout. never works. Yeah, we're, we'll discuss it. Um, where do you want to start? Here, I think. Here, let's let me start real quick. I think one of the things that we can get out of the way instantaneously is a conversation about the performances. So we're going to have, we either have had or are going to have or have have posted or are going to post um, our number eighty two episode where we begin by talking about Steve McQueen's um, Widows. Fantastic film. With a, with a lot of great performances and where everyone's doing a lot of work um, Everyone to bring characters to life. And there's no terrible. performances here to really even speak of, right? No, it's, everything's it's, it's just all, kind of going through the motions um, of doing the, what yeah. the script is tells them to do, and, and there, that's it. There's an early attempt... Um, and you know, obviously films are shot out of sequence, but early on in the film, you kind of get some weight to, you know, Matt Dillon's Jack, um, but has his mania, his psych, his psychopathy kind of explodes. Um, it gets lost behind the story. And, and I think that's, that was the point, you know, um, and it, it felt like some of the people knew that going in and some of them didn't. Bruno Gaines is very much not necessarily melancholy, but he's very cardboard almost in his performance. And I yeah. think that's purposeful Yeah, because he's letting the words speak for itself. This is a movie that, that demands that the words and the visuals speak and not the performances. Well, I think the, the Bruno Gens casting is a thing really interesting. And I wonder if it has anything to do with his character. He played in wings of desire where he was also kind of this anti human not anti, like against, but just kind of anti in the sense that a he's human portrayed sort of as a human, but not a human. A, hu- like a the human, like yeah, yeah. Um, character who's kind of above everything and knows everything and has access to thoughts and has access to, you know, dreams and and, um, but he's in he's in color. There's a there's a there is a melancholy I think to him in the sense that especially when some of the stuff that he says like you know you're not going to tell me anything that I haven't heard already if I was going to make a you know a full link to it and I don't know if it is but I would link it is that the world has pro- progressed so much since 1987 um, we're in such a different we're in such a different place such a more global world yeah sure. and and clearly Lars von Trier sees the world differently now than he did when he originally started making movies. So you can track it from, if you want to track it from Breaking the Waves, which isn't his first movie, you know, you can, tra- you know, his original Dutch Still movies. Still my favorite. Europa and, like, stuff like that. Um, everything's different. He's different. He's doing everything differently. And 
a lot of the criticism of this movie, and I've got like one, you know, I, I printed off the Vulture review by um, Emily Yoshida. Oh, I thought I, I saw Variety, and I thought you were making a joke about Variety. I have being a, a I have um, Variety thing. Is that, um, is that Peter Dubridge? No, it's Owen Clarkman. Okay. Um, is that she criticizes Lars von Trier and says that he only seems to know how to make films about himself now. Which is, I think, a good place to start analyzing this movie. Because this is... I mean, I don't necessarily agree. Um, I've actually not made it through Nymphomaniac. Um, you just have to make it through, like, half of it. And you're like, half of the first one. And you're just like, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, but having seen Antichrist, having seen Melancholia... Melancholia, to a degree, I'd agree with it. But, but Antichrist, I would... I wouldn't say he necessarily is doing that, but this movie 100% is about himself. Right. Um, he is Jack. He, he is, is Jack, Jack Von Trier. And I think that's one of the interesting... This movie's not very interesting. No. As not a, very interesting as a for movie. two hours and ten minutes. It's very good. Extremely interesting for 20 minutes. It's, yeah, it's good. It's it's interesting for analysis, but it's not interesting to watch. It's actually really boring to it's a, watch. It's a study piece. But I actually, maybe. I think that might be the the point. So, like, Jack is an idiot through the whole movie. He doesn't really. He gets lucky a lot of the times. He's a he's a he's a buffoon. He's a clown. He, you know, even um, you know, Verge doesn't really take him seriously and tells him like everything you've said. You know, I've heard you can't tell me anything I haven't heard before. You know, which I just well, already said, and, and I, it's and it's true. And the things that he tells, the things that Jack tells Verge on their journey that Verge hasn't heard before, that Verge later says like, "Oh, you gave me something, to, you gave me something to chew on," relates to his rationalizations for what he's he's doing. Um, Jack thinks he's making art when he kills people. Yeah, and, it's his and, expression. Of whatever he's feeling inside himself. And not necessarily the fact of reducing his victims through... Com- I mean, he is reducing... He actually is reducing the victims to the parts. But not that the victims are just tools for his necessity, but he's elevating the right. victims. And this film does successfully, at least from, you know, like, I, I read... I forgot who wrote it, but, like, the Psychopath Test. Um, it was a really popular novel. John Ronson. John Ronson's Psychopath Test. And some of the other, like, writings on psychopathy it does actually do a really good job yeah. of capturing psychopathy he, you know he is jack is a born and bred psychopath early on early on when he's presented those early instances um especially like that incidents two our second instance um you know he does have all those hallmarks he that entire bob dylan-esque title card repeatedly yeah the subterranean homesick blues yeah is, is pretty good um showing the various elements of psychopathy but what you know, Virgil finds interesting is is the quasi veneration of the victim, um, mm. in the sense of well, elevating. I mean, they're they're still they're only they're venerated once they're a victim. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and then giving them their own mortality, like immortality, not necessarily it's gifting him that they're they're still a means to an end, but. It's more the thought that they're worthless besides the fact that they're not icons. He's making them into icons. Well, and that's kind of the and that's the end of the movie where he talks about like the materials. Like he he so Jack 
one of the you know the themes running throughout the the film is that Jack is you know a f- he wanted to be an architect he decided to be an engineer but he's been designing his own house you know for you know throughout the the course of the, the movie years, and he yeah. ends up tearing down several iterations of the house um, using different materials using each different time materials, the materials like, never right you know and then at the end of the movie he ends up building a house out of his out of his dead bodies and it's the perfect house it's you know Verge says it's very I usable. I don't know. I it's don't very think so. usable. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna criticize the film there. I don't, I don't think that's really structurally sound. I think <laughs> yeah. it's, I think water is going to be an issue. Um, I do not understand how it's going to be a heat source. That's true. It's not going to. Where are you going to put heating. electrical and sure. plumbing? Yeah, no plumbing. And there is a hole. Actually, there's a hole in the middle. So I guess that's, that, that, that leads to leads to water. That yeah, leads, leads to, to hell. hell. So, um, I think that uh, you know, I've got two, mo- you know. We're still pivotal film podcast. We're talking about our lists. I got two Von Trier movies on my list. I have a goose egg of Von Trier movies to talk about, but I think one of the I respect them. The one interesting thing about this movie, which I kind of, which kind of saved me from having to take it very seriously, which is a flaw of the movie, I think, is that everything's kind of nothing happens here for narrative purposes everything is a metaphor i think no so even from the you can almost seem to track the trajectory of von trier's career and his feelings about his career through the the murders and then how he feels about the murders so you can almost see the uma the you know the first uma thurman murder as you know his earliest inspiration as a as as a director, you know what I mean. Being it's, told it's, he can't do it, being told he doesn't have the 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 grace, the backbone, the the con- constitution. I believe that he's said. a wimp. Yeah, he's a wimp. Um, I was actually I was actually somewhat surprised by how Uma Thurman wasn't awful. I really thought she was going to be awful, and she was okay. Well, I wouldn't. In a, if she was awful, I wouldn't have blamed her. I would have just said like he didn't give her anything good to do. There is no, there is nothing good done like. Good to do there. That was that was something I was like, oh, yeah, she did. She was all right. Um, something but, with nothing. I but guess. then from there, you know, you can almost see, you know, an incident. So that's incident one. And incident two, which stars um, Siobhan Fallon Hogan, who the good old wife in, from Men in Black. Yeah, and who's been in a couple of Von Trier films. Um, she, you can almost see Jack as Von Trier. You know, he. Tries to kill her initially by choking her, and then he and he doesn't choke her to death fully the first the time. Sound so design, to, the sound design, and throughout the movie, but just to mention that the sound design there is horrific, like horrific in the sense of it's really solid, mm. but it is it hammers. Well, so it's still a Von Trier movie. Yeah. So even though it's not like, not a super well made Von Trier movie, it is a, still a well made Von Trier movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, you can almost see him. Like, he had an idea in his head, and he went to execute it, and he viewed the execution of that movie as a failure. But he ends up, you know, he gets accosted. Is he talking, about, your, is he talking about Europa in that, that I don't moment? Know if, I, don't I don't know if he's either talking about that or Breaking the Waves. I don't know how far we've moved in his tra- yeah. trajectory. But um, when he gets accosted by the cop, and then he ends up dragging the woman's body you know, through the streets, but then the trail of blood that and flesh that he's left gets like wiped away by the rain. You could almost see that as like a I validation wonder, that he didn't expect. I wonder uh, validation if it's, he didn't expect. And, and you know, this is definitely a movie. There is a little preface before it, and it's. I think this might be something we talk about again shortly next week. Okay. Um, 
because Von Trier prefaced it by saying this is a movie meant to be digested over a few days. And I don't know. I I feel like I've fully digested it. Yeah, I don't necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I I do think I agree. I think there might be things that kind of come into my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is one of them. That's kind of why I'm bringing it up is do we think he's talking about breaking the waves in that moment? And the rainfall is the critical acclaim that film got. Yeah. Um, I think we're both kind of thinking the same thing. And he doesn't understand it. He thinks it's by the grace of God he's been given Or some divine force or whatever, yeah. Um, But that leads to the... And that's another thing I'm going to criticize a lot of the reviewers about. Is that like a lot of people criticize the use of David Bowie's fame as like redundant and 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 hackneyed and, and easy. But I think that's the point when he starts to see himself in a certain light. And he says, like I got you know, I didn't care so much about my O C D that he's kind of that almost cripples him during the second incident where he has to keep going back into the house and, and wiping a, off this imaginary like, blood. Like that's the one time that this film carried some sort of pathos for me. Um in in, in its intention. You know, I, you know, I'll say that most of this film failed for me, but that scene and our audience is laughing during a lot of it because it's told in a quasi-lighthearted way. A lot of this film is very much presented with with a dark tinge of comedy. Um, yeah, and Dylan's performance not, is is it's verges on like the, the you know the vaguely the comedic, va- the yeah. vaudev- you know the vaudeville sort yeah, of like yeah performance. Um, that scene kind of devastated me and really cause knowing by that point that they're we're looking at a a, a Lars von Trier kind of anagram and just seeing like a man try to work through that he's trying to do he's trying to get it right and, and knowing that that this pending tide is coming um and i got the feeling that's him at the editing booth of, of something like breaking the waves or it's early film and that that yeah. coming police officer is is you know the the coming release date or the coming deadline and just the necessity of seeing something beneath the surface is wrong. You know, mm. you know, Jack seeing beneath the surface the blood. Um, I'm not going to talk myself into liking this movie. Um, and seeing that behind the surface. Like, that worked really well for me. I think so, too. Um, and was heartbreaking. Because, you know, that's actually... I mean, Lars von Trier's notoriously has suffers from mental illness. And knowing right. that that... And that's where... No, he's aware of it. It's interesting... And, you know, the three movies before this, you know, famously kind of refers to as his depression trilogy. Um, or has been referred by other people regarding them as the depression trilogy. Um, but Nymphomaniac's two movies. It's one movie. Wink. Yeah. Um, which leads us into the third incident where... Which is a real fun movie, right? Nymphomaniac? Yeah, yeah. We got when we we got accosted in an elevator. An old man, maybe in his seventies or so, and his wife. I'm assuming it was his wife. Um, so we're in the elevator with us, and he was like, "Oh, what did you think of the movie?" And I was like, "Oh, were you in? Did you just see the house that Jack built?" Because it seemed, you know, anachronistic. These these people who we found out later were driving a Tesla with a. Bernie sticker and a Jill Stein sticker on the back of it. Both 2016, um, so they yeah they so jumped they there. Yeah. Um, when we I said that it, I didn't think it was a very good movie. He was like, "Well, it wasn't as fun as Nymphomaniac one and two and with like and, a wink." And, and his then, coat was yeah. like only like half buttoned, and I was like, this and "Me is and Tom weird. kind of turned to each other and 
kind of slunked into the corner slightly. Yeah, it was creepy. Um, but you can see, and it's one of the things that I pull away. Seeing the incident three is is particularly terrible. Um, there's some um, child death things in it that we're not. I'm not going to describe because it's not important to the analysis of the movie. It's just it's just you know no good. Um, but one of the things that they talk about afterwards when he's fashioning one of these children into something is that he wanted to create a real person. You know what I mean? He wanted to create a facsimile of a person. It's a scene too. Sure. But I think that speaks to the director's mentality again or to the writer-director mentality is that he's trying to not just do... He's, He's trying to express something out of real life. You know what I mean? He's trying to take an idea out of his head and he's trying to turn it into something representative of a reality that he understands, which I guess he may assume that everybody else understands it as well. well which I'm gonna, which I'll only say because Verge at that point criticizes, you know, his use of of these people as art. You know what I mean? And it, Jack just assumes everyone will see it as art. Like, don't think about the the act. Think about the art. Um, and Verge is telling him, no, you can't just think about the art without thinking about the act. Like, how did you get here? Like, where did you end? How did you end up in this situation? And and that's and I think that third incident um, is interesting in the fact because it, it brings up one of the most the actually the most interesting motif for me in the film is, you know, Von Trier and as his corollary Jack, um, their expression and uh conceptualization of, of nature and how they they view the natural world or nat- the beauty of the natural order and how people interact and exist with nature mm-hmm. and this is outside of the um the scope of the of the, the, the murder of the family but this is this is the third incident right mm-hmm. that he talks about this is the the threshing the thrashing of the the threshing of the um, meadows mm-hmm. um and you get a really nice sound beat, you know, really melodic threshing of grass with the, with like the breath. And he talks about like that's yeah, what people breath, talk about like the out. breath on the like yeah. on the meadow. It's the breath of the breath of men, you know, in nature. The breath of, uh, of men interacting with nature, and this is juxtaposed violently with Jack has a small child cutting off the leg of a duck and watching it struggle to swim. Mm. Um, and that is in that was in the moment you know interesting to me and the fact that that's such a beautifully like shot scene and that it was the most beautifully shot scene until the final kind of denouement um not even denouement the, the climax mm. uh of just that this this tender moment of, of acknowledging nature and of knowing you can appreciate the world through that vision that naturalism, but not being able to do it because there's this constant there's a break, fire yeah. in the back of the And it's head. interesting. I mean, I just put it together when you were talking about it, that like these, these men are, these men are cutting wheat. They're, they're cutting this field and he cuts a leg off a duck. He is trying to interact with nature in the same way that these men are interacting with nature and he can't do it. Um, there's a, 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 intense artistic insecurity embedded into that idea and 
to know that you're trying to make something that looks you're trying to express real life and you're to feel like you're failing at. and you're trying to capture a cadence right you're trying to you're and that's trying an important to, thing in that moment is that cadence right that and to to go another word for the cadence i think can be you're trying to capture the deeper essence of what it means to be alive and he's failing at it and he understands that he's failing at it and so in an effort to achieve some kind of interaction with it he manipulates these bodies in in this way and it's a mess but it's what he's got you know what i mean that's his yeah. that's his art it's what he's doing um it's a weird movie in the sense that like obviously you don't ever I never felt bad for Jack. No. Once. Maybe a little bit during like the OCD scene. Early on. Early on, like but when he's being picked on by the Uma Thurman character. Right. Uh, maybe in that, you know, early on in that second, I mean, even after he's committed that murder, but there's still like that regret. And not, I mean, you don't really super feel bad for him, but you feel bad for his, you, just, you feel bad for the, for the, the nature of, the illness. You, yeah, exactly. You feel you feel um, an anxiety regarding his anxiety. You feel a, uh, an anxiety aligned to his anxiety. You don't feel that anymore past a certain point. And this is... No, the third, the third incident kind of like... And this is where the movie it changes. I mean, it changes with every iteration of, of, of Jack's story, but... You almost, Once again, it's told. Right, I think we explained. It's told through five incidents, five incidents and so, an epilogue. The fourth incident is also unbelievably horrible. And just this, this one, this is where the movie kind of but it, lost me. Yeah, and it's. I don't know if the movie ever found me to lose me. You know, well, what I, mean? I, I gave it the benefit of the doubt, but like, this it is the moment where von, I was like, it's still a von Trier movie, and I always respond to how von Trier makes movies, but it wasn't in service of anything that seemed particularly valid. And because the movie is so heavily reliant on a metaphor, I didn't have to take any of the things that I was seeing seriously. It was just, it was upsetting that he would do it at all, but it wasn't serious. It wasn't like when, it wasn't like watching Antichrist where you were like, holy fucking shit. Like he did that. And then the metaphors came later because Bruno Gans and Matt Dillon are kind of narrating this thing and having like a dialogue back and forth about the nature of what Matt Dillon thinks he's doing. Um, you understand that it's all metaphor. And so it doesn't, you don't have to take any of the actions seriously. So it just seems gratuitous and, and, and upsetting. And beyond that, the thing that, the thing that lost me is, is during that fourth incident is, is that conversation of, you know, the noise you make and the screams you make, Going unheard, and nobody, nobody coming to your rescue. What? There's nothing there. I'd have thought about that. Doesn't it? It didn't. It actually that didn't speak to me at all. So, it, so my thought on that was, that was I thought if we're tracking this from a von Trier career perspective, I perceived that moment as the moment after, like the you know Antichrist, Melancholia, Nymphomaniac movies, where. Von Trier perceived those movies as a cry for help. And nobody was helping him. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't getting he wasn't getting what he thought he was gonna get from from people. Um instead he got what Riley Keogh's character, who he calls simple, whose name is Jacqueline, um, 
Well, Jacqueline Simple. Yeah. Who? She just offers him pills. I'll get you. You need pills. You need pills. And he rejects the idea of just like having to take pills for something. I don't know Lars von Trier personally, and I haven't. I haven't. You know, read enough about him to know if he's like openly rejected taking pills for any of his like any mood disorders that he's. Yeah, we all make that assumption, but but it's the idea that he's like just get over it. You know, why are you doing this? Just do something else. And that's one of the things. It's an interesting thing that I find in reading her a lot of the reviews of this movie is people are just kind of like, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before, and it was the same. Um. It's the same Vulture review by Emily Ishida when he says, Von Trier doesn't really care to think about if or how a viewer might be changed by a film of his, only by how he is changed in making it. And I think that's actually still a pretty valid reason to make art, like for yourself, to, to make it, to, to change you, to express your own feelings about how you feel about things. I don't think, though, that his art is served by how that incident ends. No. No, no, no. At all. It's just, it's cruel and spiteful and evil and terrible. But I think embedded in the metaphor is... It's almost like, is, is he, he's very like, is this what I thing. have to do? Right. Is this what I have to do to get your, is this what I have to get, do to get your attention? Um, and then, I guess the answer would be no. Don't, but then, don't so do, this. do you? If that's the case, do you see? And I kind of did. Do you see the fifth incident as an expression of making this movie? That like I'm gonna line everything up. I'm gonna do everything. You know, here's you know it's five incidents. It's five people attached to that pole that he's gonna shoot in the head with one bullet. Um, and then, like he still can't get it right, you know what I mean? He still can't. And he doesn't even see like, it. It, it, takes, it takes a it takes a outside viewer to realize he's about ready to screw up. And I think he did. I think one of the interesting things about this movie, and I wonder if he would agree to it, is that like he did kind of screw it up because it doesn't have the power of any of the last three movies of Dancer in the Dark, of even Dogville, breaking of breaking the waves at all. Um, you know, I haven't seen Europa in like, you know, ten years. So it's gonna, you know, um, he's just—is it kind of like one of those things where he like recognizes like, oh, it's all fucked up? Because wouldn't if he had to go to hell, at, which he did, does at the end of the movie, which is the epilogue is utterly fantastic. Yeah, the epilogue's. Visually, it's visually, visually stunning, stunning. It's, and narratively sound. Yeah. Narratively um, pretty sound. If he's going to hell, but, doesn't it mean that he would be dead? I, I, mean, I don't want to speculate that. I just don't know if it's like more him. I took it more as like him almost hanging up the boots and having not much more to say. Mm. Like he's reaching, like it, it almost feels like a point like of what else do I have to say? What else do I have to do? Mm. Like, Maybe an artistic dead end. Um, mm. Like there's there's that moment, and the reason I made that joke of of the cast members is when he's talking about he you know they they talk near the end of that fifth incident, um, like in the, in, you know between the fourth and fifth incident about icons and about the iconography mm. and and like 
what you make of the world and the, and the things you create to last forever. Even in, even after the item itself has long since perished and is left just in ruins, the ruins left are artistically sound. Mm. Um, and then he talks about, you know, incidents of violence and terror in real life talking, you know, goes, shows a lot of the Holocaust, a lot of animals, deaths, you know, Indian men, a lot of the great, not the great, but a lot of the, the great tyrants, I would say. Who he refers to as like great artists. Yeah. Um, tongue in cheek, I'd say. Well, no, because he compares, then he tells the story about the, the, the German dessert wines. Yeah. And how like it's the decay of the grapes that kind of elevates them to this higher level of, you know, of of art. So they're a shriveled grape on in one aspect, and then in another aspect, they're this you know Decaying. delicious wine. Oh yeah, you know exactly. I mean? uh, the material being transformed, and like you know, using that dive bomber, the material being transformed in such a way to create the sound of terror. But he he builds this all up to say, you see this in our fiction, mm. and then he presents a montage of his films. <laughs> Right. Um, and that's kind of like the moment that pins it to me. Like, that's obviously the moment where he's been calling his audience simple, simple. Um, yeah. He's like, this is about me. And I feel like it's almost like a, a statement of like being at an artistic end of the rope um, and like mm. not knowing what else to do. I think that's good. Yeah. Do. I mean, I, I, I'm never making baseless assumptions right now. Um, no, uh, but it's mine, a- but of like the, what we're being presented. And which could feel like I guess you're in hell, yeah, when you're just you're just lost, and like where else do you go? what else did you what else can you possibly do and and the thing that that is great in that last moment and that last epilogue um is the entire conversation of the the buzzing, the mm. noise when you hear the the screams and torture of millions of people it just sounds like a buzz, and it's a discordant sound, you know and it counteracts that threshing earlier, which is, has has a nice melody mm-hmm. to it. That, that that threshing and that breath, um, and the scene that that's just striking for me is when Virgil shows the threshing of the Elysian fields mm-hmm. through the window in hell and says, "You we can't get to that from here." Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's the one time where you're allowed to linger on Jack and and. You allow Matt Dillon to actually show true human emotion for the first time, and not this kind of like you know antipathetic attempt at empathy, um, but but a true human emotion of of not being able to reach that, and instead being stuck in this discordant noise that mm-hmm. isn't art anymore, and knowing that art is just past the veil, and mm-hmm. he can't see beyond the veil. Yeah, and it's interesting to think about the idea. Of art, of art past the veil, in the sense that at some point, if he's viewing all these murders as art, or he wants to tell us that he's viewing a lot of these murders that he commits as art, he also commits a lot of murders that aren't for art. That a lot of murders that are just for the sake of being able to evade capture. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the movie with SP or whoever that guy is, and the in the in the cop that he shoots, um, those. Those things aren't art. And I wonder if it's those things that he doesn't acknowledge that aren't part of the random five incidents that he views as as a kind of supreme 
example of supreme art that kind of keep him from being able to attain you know that higher level of art that he that he aspires to what are the i mean what are what are those things metaphors for i don't know um these could be things in his in von trier's life um that the uh, the casual viewer of his films is not going to have any access to um but yeah i mean that's that's a really good that's a you know a really good point that kind of tries to relate itself throughout the movie um and which is which gets there's, that, there's that a, kind of final scene of the, yeah, of the Elysian and, Fields. And there's there's that entire search for in you know, a final sequence is called Catabasis. And Catabasis, you know in multiple meanings in modern psychology is kinda of like the, the depression and the and the anew that, that young men feel. Mm. Um but also, you know, I think I think more specifically, um, with Virgil's Aeneid, when, you know, Neus goes down into the underworld mm-hmm. um and is looking for like that golden branch, that golden leaf. Yep. Um and that Elysian field scene is shown with a lot of gold. gold. Yeah. Absolutely. And he's not able to get to it. Mm-hmm. So he's he's made this this trip, this descent into himself to find this. Like if the Depression trilogy is really what it has been said to be, if it is him trying to search yeah, within we'll himself or something. Yeah, we'll talk about more of that later. Um, and he's not been able to find it. You know, maybe that's the the almost giving up. And I think I I agree. And what's interesting is is then that final shot. In the sense of, you know, many men have tried to like dig down deep, and you know they, what, they failed. And you know what's on the other side? It ends with Virgil leading him down to the very deep pits of hell. Um, we can only assume that in that bottom of that fiery waterfall is ice, <laughs> because that's where Brutus and all those guys mm-hmm. are being chewed by the devil. And uh, he says, you know, you're not in this circle of hell. You're a few circles up. And there's a broken bridge, and he's, you know, Jack says what's on the other side of the bridge, and he says, you know, it leads back up out of hell and back into earth, and he says, well, can't you just cross up around it? He says many people have tried, but all failed, and like, is this maybe a metaphor for um, Von Trier saying he wants to try again to, to dig deep and find that, well, but not having the energy anymore to do it? Well, it's it. interesting, though, because the movie ends on a negative shot you know where the you know you get the negative and a negative for jack am i right yeah yeah um in the movie you know jack kind of gerrymandered into the film is this idea that jack takes pictures of some of his victims and he writes mr sophistication on it which is like his serial killer name he gives to himself and he sends it to the local paper and blah 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 and he i also love i also love how he's a serial killer in longview Washington. I have a friend in Longview, Washington. Longview, Washington is a very small, nothing town. You better tell him to watch out, or her to watch out. Um, I'll tell him to watch out. Twenty years ago, the (laughs) so in in that he thirty years ago now he likes he 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 says he he likes the negatives because in the negatives the light becomes dark and you get to see like the true darkness behind like the light. which is a you know a kind of effective scene, and the movie ends with you know the the lot you know Jack falling into this dark pit, 
you know, there's the lava running into it. Um, and then it goes to like a negative shot. And at the bottom of the pit, there's just like this, this darkness. Is it suggesting that like trying to go dig this deep really just gets you like into this true darkness? And that's one of the things that you had mentioned that like Von Trier said about this movie is that it's really a movie about how like everyone is terrible. The world's evil and empty. Yeah. Right. And like, if that's the case, like that's the true, what's the the true darkness? Then isn't it? Like we've dug this far just to get to the point where like, and, and that's what kind of brings. There is no hope. There's is, no happiness. There's no anything. It's just it's just all pain. And I think there's there's a a meta, not necessarily a meta in the sense of what people use it now, but meta in the correct sense of the <laughs> overall world. Um, analysis in how people the 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 it is there is a meta analysis in in the inherency of people mm-hmm. um you know like like the globalization aspect plays a big role and 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 the nature of people and the nature of how people are not so much not just so much so in the, the great tyrant sequence but you know as you said the people wearing the maga the, the family wearing the manga-esque hats sure, yeah, yeah. And, and just like this prevalence of either ignorance or indifference or um, violence themselves or, 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 or prodding towards violence like the Uma Thurman character does early on in the film. And you, you brought your notebook to this movie and the one the one note I took was, was second incident's um, critique of audience. Mm. And I think there is for me a deep sense and and this is where I want to talk about the audience we saw this with of a mirror being held up to the people that would go see a film like this not go see a film like this but the people who would be moved to laughter at the really dark comedy in this film and the dark comedy presented it in such a way where it in itself isn't comedic, but the audience, at least we saw it with found it hilarious. They found a lot of the stuff very, very funny where it was not funny. Um, so we talked earlier, um, we we kind of glossed over earlier that, that taxidermy sequence where he, you know, takes one of the the children and, and tries to pose them into a, a naturalistic human sort of image. And it's horrific. But the people who saw it, and it, but it's presented with a a dark humor that you maybe that you could take from it. Like like there's there's some coding of dark humor that could be taken from it from some people, and the people that we saw it with found it funny. Not in a, a dark good, not, not in a dark humor way, in the kind of like sitcomy way, like a slapstick sort of way. Um, not 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 the not that the entire it was it was definitely a, a good half and half divide. Hmm. Um, but I do think a lot of this movie is a critique on the audience, the critique on what people find amusing or entertaining now. Hmm. Yeah. And, and like, I think that OCD scene was especially uh, transit, not transit. That OCD scene was especially uh, paramount in saying that in the sense of this is something horrible that happens to regular people who aren't just psychopaths. Hmm. It's presented in a slightly humorous way 
What? And isn't this saying a lot about you if you find it funny? I mean, like a lot of a lot of people were not laughing at that, and this was inter- like it is interesting. Like it, there was a lot of laughs, but there was a lot of people being horrified about it. And to me, von Trier says this is his analysis of the world being empty and evil. And man, did I get a feeling, a sense of that from my from the audience, not from the yeah. movie itself, but from the way that people were interacting with There was no empathy. There didn't seem to be any empathy for the victims, like, at all in this movie. Which, to be fair, like I said before, is if a movie is laying out for you where, like, the victims are just metaphors, then I suppose... But it does, it does, it does some work. But it's... It does some work in establishing... The not the 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 horror of it. Oh, you know. God, yeah. I mean, no. The, the pie, question. like the pie feeding sequence, the the entire how drawn out the simple sequences. You know, uh, the 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 woman, the widows, kind of coming back to life. Like a lot of that's presented in a way that's egregious. Um, I think everything besides like the first incident, not so much, but everything after that is is egregious in its. What? horror and it's and so while they may just be metaphors you're not supposed to take a slasher victim amusement in that and i've and I've, I've talked about this too like with my halloween review about how the amusement we take in victims in death is getting a bit troublesome i think and, yeah. and maybe that's like a a slight. I don't know if that's necessarily a slight analysis of that, but like it's definitely no. But I also think one of the things, one of the true things about that statement in real regard to this movie is that I feel like he feels like he can't. There's nothing he can do anymore that's going to get anybody's attention in the way that he wants to get their attention. Everyone just tends to focus except on, for the MPAA, right? Um, which we just found out is going Yeah, we to... found out recently that the MPAA is, uh, just a few minutes ago, reading a Deadline article, the MPAA is, might be going after IFC Films for even showing the unrated cut, because mm-hmm. they apparently didn't follow the necessary channels, so now they might even withdraw the R rating for the upcoming theatrical regular release of house that jack built and maybe not allow ifc to bring a film forward for 90 days hmm. so i mean good job ifc being contrarians with us i guess yeah i guess that's good um but it also speaks to like we said the movie theater was packed tonight like to the brim yeah and how many people walked we, out you uh, said six like six or seven people i yeah. saw three uh, two two people looked like they just walked out because they're bored. It's it's a it's a long it's, a it's long, long in the tooth. I mean, I think one of the things maybe we can wrap it up. I don't know if you have anything else to say about it. We, I mean, it's a boring movie. Like for all of its grotesqueness that like is happening intermittently, when it's not being disgusting, it's just kind of it's, it's very just kind of boring, self indulgent. Like like it almost reads reading as like that a video reading that essay. Like, yeah, and and talking well often. Yeah, um, there, there's a lot of asides to those discussions about art, to gothic architecture, to German dessert wines that are used as metaphors. But you know, the the, the film definitely marinates in that. Um, it is self indulgent. I, I would agree with you know partially with that vulture inter- that vulture review in saying that it is so von Trier centric. Um, 
that it doesn't necessarily tell a compelling narrative. Um, it does reach points and it is an interesting thought experiment. That's how it works to me is mm. more as like a thought process and something that's going to be best discussed in the years to follow as we see where his filmography goes. I think right, I agree with where you. Von Trier goes from here is going to speak more to this film than what we can say right now. Well, because where could he go? Avengers like, 5. Well, yeah, Avengers. <laughs> he could make a straight Marvel movie. That's all he can do. Um, I mean, the you thing... know, they, they, you know, DC recently fired uh, Snyder. That's yeah. They need a they, they, they need, need a new a dark Elmer. guy. They yes. couldn't get George Miller because George Miller and WB are having that problem. Yep. Von Trier. The thing that like as we're talking about it, and we're as we're talking about holding a mirror to the audience, I think it reminds me a lot of like I kept thinking it reminded me of like a Francis Bacon painting, where it's just like horrible to look at, but you're just kind of like intoxicated by the idea that it was made by Francis Bacon. You know what I mean? And the, no, the right, same thing. Exactly. The same things that play for me here because like, oh, there's a lot of like Lars von Trier stuff that I love. Obviously, I've already said I've got two movies of his on my list. Um, so I'm in, I'm was excited to see what he was going to come up with next. Um, Art artistically, that the epilogue, epilogue is fantastic. The epilogue is well, in, in gorgeous. A, in a lot of different I've, ways, I've, even I've, when it goes handheld. When they're under the water and it's like handheld video camera, um, and it's just Bruno Ganz and Matt Dillon wet, like in a cave somewhere delivering lines, but juxtaposed with like the scenes that come right after it, you're just like Jesus Christ! And there's so much like claustrophobia in those scenes yeah. too. Um, like I, I my anxiety, like actual anxiety, got really raised during parts mm. of this movie. Right, I had to like close my eyes, not because I was seeing on screen, but just because of the the kind of like. A sense of being that that last epilogue brings mm. to you. Um, I think, if anything, I, I not necessarily would suggest this movie for most people, especially now. I'd suggest it maybe in five years down the line. I don't say but you have. To, I would argue that like nobody has to see this movie from an artistic standpoint. That that epilogue is yeah. really worth seeing. If it ever gets, just to look at, if it ever hits art Netflix, has, right? Fast art forward to film. the epilogue. The yeah. epilogue part. I mean, or, and, and I think we, I don't know if we have we talked about this on the podcast or I don't think so. We talked about this definitely off the podcast. I've always wanted to see the Divine Comedy put to film. Oh yeah, and I finally got it in the film. I would absolutely never have expected to be the movie to give me. I mean, the he, Inferno. It's. I thought to myself, and I almost said it to you, but I didn't was... see the devil frozen. I didn't see Lucifer frozen in ice. Though there were so many people talking around us that I didn't want to add to like the volume of the people talking constantly. But I almost said well, like, "Oh, I think, Lar- think that's think that's a Dante thing." Like, like yeah. one of what sounds heard from people. Leaving. No, it's not a Dante thing. Um, I almost wanted to say when like the epilogue started, like, "Oh, Lars von Trier showed up." Like, good because like yeah. the movie is so clumsy and awkward and. It doesn't even have, even at the moments. Well, they're crossing. What I, I, where I, I assume that's supposed to be the river sticks they're crossing. Um, yeah. It's not boiling, so that's why I was wondering. It's not mm-hmm. boiling acid, so I was confused about that. It doesn't look necessarily like the people are trying to climb onto it, but I, I assume it's supposed to be a. Well, they were trying to climb. I think they were trying. To, they were just like clinging to it. They're clinging to it, yeah. 
but in the poem they're trying but that's, to... And that's one of the things that... We can, we can pull up the several different right variations there. I have right there. We can... Um, I mean, people were laughing at that scene. And... That's not funny. That's artistically... It's, it's gorgeous to look at. Yeah. I didn't see what was funny about it. And that's There's, all the there stuff... Isn't what's, what's funny about any of this movie? I, I don't know. Laughed... And Never. This is, I don't think I ever laughed. I laughed at some of the the Matt Dillon like interacting with Siobhan Fallon Hogan. Um, some of that stuff was pretty funny because he's just so ridiculous. But I think yeah. that's the point. I think he's he's if he's holding a mirror up to the audience, he's also simultaneously holding a mirror up to himself and saying like I'm an idiot. Yeah. Like I'm a failure. I'm just as I'm a buffoon. I'm just as empty as all everyone else right. is and everything else is. Yeah. And to that end, like I thought about Francis Bacon a lot, but I also thought about like Andy Warhol a lot. Where Andy, because well, Andy Warhol, you know, a lot of the stuff like the Campbell Soup stuff and the Elvis stuff and the Marilyn Monroe stuff, it's like the easily manipulated but highly recognizable things that he's kind of showing on screen. And I think Matt Dillon's an interesting choice to play this role because like everyone knows who Matt Dillon is. Like Uma Thurman's in this movie, everyone knows who Uma Thurman is. In a certain part of the world, everyone knows who Bruno Ganz is. Um, it's almost kind of playing to pop art also. Like, or if he's holding a mirror up to the audience, he's saying like, this is your art. Like this, is, I'm giving you what you want. I've killed dozens of people in this movie. Like I've mutilated them. I've, you know, cut them to pieces. Like I'm he definitely, here. He kills, this he is kills for at least. You. Like this is what you want. He wanted, kills at least right? 63 people. So Right, there you go. Um, and we see what ten or so, yeah. Um, and he's holding a mirror up to people. He's like, "This is what you want, and I can do this forever. If you're, if this is, you know, how you're going to react to it, like I can do it for eternity. You know, I'm going to climb over. I'm going to climb across this crevasse, and I'm going to go back up, and I'm just going to do it. I'm going to keep doing it forever." No, yeah, exactly, and it's interesting. And that's kind that of, that's... and that's like, it's like the, it's art as repetition that strikes me about like the Warhol aspect of it. You know what I mean? And it's not mentioned in the, the, in the psych- movie at all. all the, yeah, the, it's just kind of like you know, like repeated, we talked about repeated, widows, repeated, repeated, repeated. Yeah, right. Um, one last thing before we leave. This is something I wanted to drop on you as a bomb. It's the first time I ever think I've seen Lars von Trier do a slight homage. Now, Elysian field scene. Mm-hmm. We're getting, we getting vibes. He was giving a bit of a nod to Ramsey's rat catcher. Because that shot is framed so similarly. Maybe, but Ramsey's rat catcher is filmed much more naturalistically. It is, but, but is the lighting and the, and color the framing of the and the framing of the picture? Yeah. The or, framing of the window? If he's the not, first artist, it feels like Von Trier is finally like going like, huh. So that brings us to like another question, though, is if he's not giving an homage to Lynn Ramsey directly, is Lynn Ramsey referencing the Elysian Fields in her oh, depiction yeah. of that thing? Because we didn't really Absolutely. talk about that when we talked about You Were Never Really Here. We didn't like say that directly. Which is a really interesting. Well, the rat catcher, I do think 100 percent that it's represented. It's no, going no, in talked, that we direction. Talked, we talked about Did that. we talk about that? We talked about remember. it being so, sort of like an Elysian, not necessarily Elysian field, but mm. a, a field of of possibility. Well, a field we definitely talked about come. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what kind of Elysian field kind of represents yeah. is the ultimate sort of peace and prosperity. Mm. And 
I think he was, I, 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 that feels to me like the first time I ever saw a Von Trier do something. I'm like, oh, that's like a nod to something. Hmm. I saw that snot and I was like, that is 100% rat catcher. Yeah. I don't know. I doubt he would ever admit it. No, no. We'll call him next week. We'll call him and see if we can get him on the phone. Yeah. See what he's, see what he's got to say for he'll himself. Be, he'll be in bed for seven days. He'll answer the phone. <laughs> We'll lure him. No, he'll be in bed for six days, and on the seventh day, he'll answer the phone, and he'll say, what are you And on this day, there was, on this day, he answered the phone. We lured him with some nice German ice wing. Yeah. We should get some of that for next week. That's not going to German dessert wines. With beer, because our podcast is about beer. Speaking about beers, you can look at, you can look at the beers we drink at pivotalfilm.com. Or pivotalfilmpodcast.com. No, pivotalfilm.com. Okay, good. And I you can see. I, I always I tried to turn it to where I did the second part of it, <laughs> and in doing so, I completely fucked up the nice flow where you had going there. And you can go to Instagram and look at pictures of uh, Jason Schwartzman doing something <laughs> from like a month, <laughs> ago. Um, ago. Instagram.com/slash/pivotalfilm. There you go. However, if you want to go to Twitter. You go to the uh, the mirror world. You look at the mirror people. Talk to the mirror images. Yep. Where Cindy Hyde Smith lost to Mike Espy. It's Mississippi. Uh, that is twitter.com slash film pivotal. I just brought myself to that. Now, yeah. I definitely, now I'm definitely in the Von Trier mood. I have to rewatch this. Well, movie here's, right now. I mean, here's some advice for Lars Von Trier. We're sadder about this. this Cindy Hyde Smith thing than we are about your movie. Yeah. I'm going to move on quicker from your movie than I am from the fact that Cindy Hyde Smith won that election after saying that she would gladly be front row at a public hanging. You know what's. We've, okay, got, we're we've, got, to... we've got two minutes. Okay. Two. Then it gets an hour. And then. Oh, okay. okay. Then right I thought about this thought is, is with that comment. She said that in a moment of joyousness like in a moment of levity of, of levity so when you bring up violence in a moment of levity that makes me think why do you go there mm-hmm. when you're happy and if you're going there when you're happy where do you go when you're upset or pushed against a wall or feel as though you're losing power you go to a worse place yeah and what is what is worse than that it's 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 Operating what's worse, the trap door. What's, that's what's worse, worse than, than that, that. Is, is... What's worse than that is kicking the is, stool yeah. out from under someone's feet. I guess so. Mario. I guess so. But anyways, <sighs> you know what? At least we can escape into the world of fantasy that is film. Yeah. We're going to... We... And the world of fantasy that is alcohol. Yeah. That's 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 really what this... <laughs> That's really what this podcast is about. Us two escaping men, into the fantasy. Two men drinking and watching movies and hoping. Yeah. And you know how you do that? You. Watch a movie? You drink a beer? Or a bourbon, in my case, right now. Talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>